Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. I'm glad that you're with us today for Dig a Bit. We're going to start in 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 12 to 14 and work our way back up to the incident that we're studying this month about boldness. From Jeremiah chapter 26. In 2 Kings chapter 22 though, verses 12 through 14, we're reading about King Josiah. And you remember King Josiah was the son of Ammon, who was a very wicked king. We read in the previous chapter in chapter 21 that he didn't walk in the ways of the Lord, that he fell into idolatry, that he walked after Manasseh, that he didn't walk after David, that he did wickedly in the sight of the Lord, and then he died. And his son Josiah, who was only eight years old, became the king in 1 Kings chapter 22. And Josiah, maybe due to the influences that came into his life through the absence of his father, and that's a sad thing to say about parenthood, but maybe because of those reasons, he became a great king in Israel. And one of the first things that he did was to try to repair the the house of the Lord. And while they were repairing the house of the Lord in 2 Kings chapter 22, a book was found. And that book was the book that contained the law of the Lord. And it had been ignored, obviously, for a very long time. And so Hilkiah, who was the high priest, sent that book by the hand of a man named Shaphan. I want us to notice Shaphan in 2 Kings chapter 22. He was the scribe and secretary of King Josiah. And by now, King Josiah is a man. And he takes that, Shaphan the scribe, takes that book back to Josiah and begins reading to him out of the law of the Lord. And Josiah realizes that they've departed in a pretty big way from the law of the Lord. So the book of the law is read and then the king gathers all the elders, chapter 23 together, the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem and goes up into the house of the Lord and there he reads into their ears all the words, verse two of chapter 23 of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. He stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord. So this is a, a, a we might call it today, a come to Jesus meeting. It was a, it was a meeting of the minds and especially of the king's mind with the mind of God and the mind of the people saying, We're, this is a different day. This is a brand new day in Judah and we are going to walk in the ways of the Lord. So Josiah was doing some brave things, but I want you to remember Shaphan. Shaphan, his scribe, was the one who first put those words of the Lord in the ears of Josiah the king. So Shaphan, I'm going to say he is a protector of the word of God. And then we go ahead and read a little bit more about Shaphan down in the bottom of the chapter and we, we find out that Ahikam was um, was one of the men on his team in verse 14, along with Hilkiah the priest and Akbar and Shaphan. And they went before uh, a prophetess and heard her words. And she was very uh, plain that the Lord was going to bring evil upon Jerusalem because Jerusalem had forsaken him. And here... She also goes ahead and says, though, that because the king, the king's heart, King Josiah's heart was tender and that he had humbled himself before the Lord, that 
King Josiah was going to be protected and he would be gathered one day to the grave in peace with his fathers and he would not see all the evil which was going to be brought upon this place. Well, you know, what's coming up is the Babylonian captivity. And this at the bottom of chapter 23 is a promise that Josiah is not going to have to see that amazing destruction happen in Jerusalem because he has, for a time at least, called Israel back to righteousness. So let's remember that Shaphan is the one who read the word to King Josiah. Let's also look at verse 12 before we leave this chapter. The king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam the son of Shaphan and Akbor the son of Micaiah and Shaphan the scribe saying go inquire of the Lord for me. So we've got Shaphan and his son Ahikam on the team here that's bringing the word of the Lord to the king of Judah and to the people of Judah. So let's just put Shaphan and his son Ahikam in the column of word protectors. They are the people who are being sure that the word is brought to the people. Now let's look to the common people of Israel. So let's look now at, at 2 Kings chapter 25. 2 Kings chapter 25 verse 22 and we're going to read there and as for the people that remained in the land of Judah whom Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon had left even over them he made Gedaliah the son of Ahikam the son of Shaphan ruler so here we have now a new king Jehoiakim and we have the Babylonian captivity that Josiah never did have to see and we have Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, letting Gedaliah, who is the third generation of this family. We've got Shaphan, we've got Ahikam, and now we've got Gedaliah. And he's letting Gedaliah be the ruler over the people who have been left behind in the province of Judah around Jerusalem. So we have the third generation here. Well, what kind of a man was Gedaliah, the third generation of this family. We find out a little bit more about him when we look in the book of Jeremiah. And of course, this is um, when Jeremiah, what we've studied this month is when Jeremiah in chapter 26 was, was going before the people in the court of the Lord's house, exactly where the Lord told him to stand. And you'll remember once again, that it is Ahikam, who's the middle generation, the son of Shaphan, who is the protector of Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 26. You remember we talked about this last time, how Je Jehoiakim was about to put Jeremiah to death for the harsh words that he spoke against Jerusalem. And in, in verse 24, uh, the last verse of that chapter, it says, Nevertheless, the hand of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah, that they shouldn't give him into the hand of the people to put him to death. So we have the son of Shaphan, again, protecting the word here. He's protecting the prophet. I mean, they really did just about put Jeremiah to death in verse 11. All the priests and all the prophets and all the princes were talking to the people saying, This man is worthy to die, for he's prophesied against this city, of you, as you have heard with your ears. But, just like God promised in Jeremiah chapter 1, 17 and following, there was a way of escape for Jeremiah. And Ahikam was a big part of that way of escape. 
So we've got Shaph and the scribe reading the words of the Lord to Josiah. Now it's Josiah's son, Jehoiakim, who's wicked and going to put God's prophet to death. And Ahikam, once more, the same family, steps in, protects the word of the Lord, makes sure that Jeremiah is not put to death. And then we're going now to the third generation. And there we go toward the end of the book of Jeremiah. Let's go around chapter 38, 39, right through there. We're going to read about Gedaliah again. It says, um, let's, let's go to chapter 40, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, had let him go from Ramah when he had taken and being bound in chains among all that were carried away captive of Jerusalem and Judah, which were carried away captive unto Babylon. The captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said to him, The Lord your God has, has pronounced evil on this place. Now the Lord hath brought it and hath done according as he has said. You are getting carried away into Babylonian captivity because you have sinned against the Lord and you have not obeyed his voice. Therefore, this thing is come upon you. And now, behold, I loose you this day from the change which were, chains which were on your hand. If it seemed good to you to come with me to Babylon, come, and I'll take care of you. But if it seemed ill for you to come with me to Babylon, forbear. Behold, all the land is before you, whither it seems good and convenient for you to go, thither go. Now, while he was not yet gone back, he said, Go back also to Gedaliah, verse 5, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon hath made governor over the cities of Judah, and dwell with them among the people, or go wherever it seems convenient to you to go. So the captain of the guard gave him food and a reward and let him go. And so Jeremiah went to, verse 6, Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and dwelt with him among the people that were left in the land. So there are this, there's this remnant of people that's left behind in Jerusalem when the, wait, they are carried off during the wicked reign of Jehoiakim to Babylonian captivity. There's a bunch of people that are left in Judah and the Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has made Gedaliah, the third person in this family of which we're speaking, the ruler, the governor over those people who are left behind. Well, so Gedaliah then is staying behind um, and then arose in chapter 2 a man named Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and ten men that were with him and killed Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, with the sword and slew him. Well, you know, he had been warned, Gedaliah had been warned that somebody was trying to kill him and that it was this man named Ishmael. It says in chapter 41, verse 7, when all the captains of the forces which were in the fields, even they and their men heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, governor in the land, and had committed unto him men and women and children and the poor people of the, of the land, of them that were not carried away captive to Babylon. Then they came to Gedaliah, to Mizpah, even Ishmael, the son of Johanan, and it goes on and talks about who he was. And Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, sware to them and to their men, saying, Fear not to serve the Chaldeans. Dwell in the land and serve with the king of Babylon, and it'll be well with you. And he tells them then where he's, where he's going to live. And then he is warned secretly 
of Johanan, the son of Cariah, spoke to Gedaliah in verse 15 in Mizpah and said, Let me go, I pray you, and I will kill Ishmael. I will slay Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and no man shall know it, because he's coming to kill you. Wherefore should he slay you, that all the Jews who are gathered unto you should be scattered, and the remnant in Judah perish? But, verse 16, Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, said to Johanan, the son of Korea, Thou shalt not do this thing, for you speak falsely of Ishmael. So there's this guy Ishmael who's wanting to kill Gedaliah because he's wanting to conquer the Jews, basically, that are left in Judah. He's wanting to scatter them. He's wanting to, to take Jerusalem. And so he, Gedaliah is warned here that somebody's trying to kill you. And you know what? Gedaliah, though, he just has this, and maybe it is a little bit naive, but he has this heart that, that holds no enmity holds no is is guileless before ishmael he obviously is is his friend because he they're going to sit down and eat together a little bit later but i want you to notice what adam clark says about gedaliah when he did not believe that ishmael was going to kill him and this is a, a commentary on chapter 40 verse 14 but Gedaliah, the son of Ahikah, believed them not. I love what he says here. The account given of this man proves him to have been a person of uncommon greatness of soul. Conscious of his own integrity and benevolence, he took the portrait of others from his own mind and therefore believed evil of no man because he felt none towards any in his own breast. He may be reproached for being too credulous and confident. Naive is the word we might use. But anything of this kind that may be justly charged against him serves only to show the greatness of his mind. A little soul is ever suspicious and ready to believe the worst about every person and everything. A great mind acts always on the contrary. And so he said in verse 16, No, don't go kill Ishmael. I don't think he, I think you're wrong about him. I don't think he's evil as you presume. We're not going to kill Ishmael. Well, we have three generations there. You know what happens to Gedaliah. Ishmael is a wicked man and comes in and kills him. But what I want us to notice here as we close is the three generations here. We've got a grandfather who was a scribe who faithfully proclaimed the word of the word of God. We have a Hikam in the middle who faithfully protected because he protected Jeremiah, the word of God. And then we have Gedaliah who because of his responsible nature was put in charge of all of the people left behind in Judah once that captivity occurred. And still we see him doing the best that he can to to preserve and to follow the will of the Lord with that remnant left in Judah. Grandmothers, I want you to pay attention just for a second. Grandmothers, your influence is profound. It's profound in what you've already done if you've lived faithful, faithfully to the Lord and put it in your ahikams to protect the word of the Lord, to do all that you can to walk in the ways of the Lord and to protect his word. 
And then, along with your help, the Ahikams will put it into the Gedaliahs to take care of the people of God, to do the best that they can to be sure that the people of God, the remnant, are, are walking in the ways of the Lord. Three faithful generations described in the book of 2 Kings and in the book of Jeremiah. And God makes a way of escape for his faithful. Oh, you say, but Gedaliah lost his life. Yeah, but Gedaliah didn't lose his soul, did he? So let's be faithful to the Lord. Let's constantly be aware of the influence that we have through the generations that follow us. Have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.